Mr. Pop. <laughs> so it's only taken you 40 years to make a sea change. That's about right, yes. That's exactly right. <laughs> I'm going to start my own bike again. Yeah. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Hi and welcome again to another edition of uh, Rock and Roll, the podcast uh, with me, Kevin Hillier, uh, with Mr Gladys Berejiklian, uh, otherwise known as Brian Mannix. <laughs> Hello Gladys, how oh, are I got, you? Oh, I've got a lovely letter from Gladys during the week. Did she? She's in the third of Thanks for the message, Brian. Can't wait to have a coffee with you. Um, lots of love, Gladys. Couple of kisses there. Mm. Thing was, though, she sent me a, she sent me a picture of Klinger from Mash. Yeah, funny about the how the similarities. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, Mark Fine rejoins us after a week off last week. Uh, Fine, are you, you and the family all good? Yes, we're all well. Okay. I, I think you misread the letter from Gladys, Brian. Oh. Yeah. In the letters read, the letter read, Brian, I want to meet you, fuck offy. <laughs> 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 yes. That's, that's exactly Something what it like would that. have been. Uh, yeah. It's been a most interesting week. We're going to get to Chart Attack again this week, uh, November 20th, 1981. Interesting chart, this one. Uh, the footy tips, the news, what's been happening around the place, we'll cover all that stuff off. I again, want to thank Ken Francis for jumping in last week and, and being a terrific uh, fill-in host, but we've got Finey back. Um, Brian. My yeah. God, my God, Brian, I'm, I'm, touching, I'm touching the table as I say this. You've been working. I had. I had a good weekend. Uh, I went to Adelaide and uh, played at the Bridgeway Hotel and that was soccer block and we played very well and, Everybody had a good time, and then we played at Two to Stars on Saturday night, and that was busy, and that was good, and everybody had a good time, so it was nice to feel a little bit useful again. Beautiful. And now what, you got another six weeks where you don't do anything? Yeah, I think uh, my next uh, time I do anything, I think I'll go to Queensland next week, but I'm not sure. Let's have a look. Um, well, I don't know. But anyway, I've got a... I got a um, I've got a job in a, in a television ad, so that's something. Well, you did get it. I, I've, I've been many... I've got the ad. Yeah. Beautiful. Now, are we allowed to say who it's for, or don't you want to give that away yet? Um, no, we probably won't. We won't yeah. say okay. it's for. We'll just let it surprise people when it arrives. Beautiful. Oh, well, that's terrific. I'm yeah. glad you got that. Yeah, I am too. Well, I need the money. Given that it was apparently written for you with you in mind and uh, they didn't have anybody else they were thinking about, I'm glad you got it. Well, it would have been pretty poor if I didn't get it and I was the only person who auditioned. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like being, it's like not being cast in your own biography pick, isn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah, but, um, yeah imagine that. You know things are rough if they've got an ad featuring – the Uncanny X-Men or Brian, and they find somebody better to play Brian. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I must admit, yeah, that's, well. that's the one thing. And there's some photos up on Facebook if people want to have a look at the gigs that you did last weekend with uh, with Dale and with um, with David uh, from uh, Real Life. Um, and you you still do look the rock star, Manic, so I have to give you that. Well, I try hard. I think um, presentation is an important part of um, entertainment. Um, something I've been trying to get Tracy Grimshaw to understand, but Stop uh, it. not having much, not having much luck there. Tracy's not a rock um, star. Um. No, she looks like a cow. <laughs> not stop it. I mean, I, I mean that in a positive, yeah. way. Well, yeah. she might get a role in the Franco Cotso biopic. 
Well, she might. She <laughs> might. Good for Tracy. That'd be good. <laughs> Finding the great it- thing about I'll give you an idea about how much Brian looks like a rock star. Yeah. Well, if Brian goes to the Royal Melbourne show, parents point to Brian and go, look, that kid's wearing his novelty wig. Why can't you wear yours? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Uh, No, he does look like the rock star. Was that an NXS T-shirt you had on with the big red X? No, it's just something I whipped up. Oh. It's an X-Men sort of thing. Even the X-Men play with We've got a, we've been wearing a red X on ourselves. Oh, okay. So that we look like a team. Very you good. You know, like a biking gig. Yeah, so anyway. Yeah, like a biking yeah, gig more than a team. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, bands traditionally look like a biking gang. They have leather jackets and stuff on. Yep. Um, you know, lots of chrome and stuff. So it's all good. No, looking good, Mannix. Looking good. Thank you. Now, Mr. Fine, I know you, uh, you obviously had an unusual week, but uh, think how are things? You've been busy, obviously. Well, 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 I'll just explain. My wife's grandfather passed away last week, 95 years old. Wow. Wow. I mean, amazingly, um, leaves a, a wife who's very healthy, also 95. They were set to celebrate their 75th anniversary this year. Oh, wow. And whilst there's sadness initially, now it's just been a celebration of a wonderfully long life. And we actually, my daughter and I gave one of the eulogies. And it was amazing, really hit home when Andy said, it's amazing that they're actually 24 and all the kids, all the great grandkids have had this wonderful relationship with their grandfather, their, their papa, and they've still got two grandmothers who are alive. One of them not so active, sort of in a home, whatever, but the other completely active. And I said, well, it really hits home because I checked the family tree and my great-grandparents, the two that I could find, died over 110 years ago. Wow. Now, there's a bit of a difference, isn't it? Yeah, gee whiz. So, yeah, I mean, just celebrated for life and... Yeah, he was just a, a lovely bloke, great guy. And what was interesting was the service was done on, I don't know, Skype or something. Mm. He's got family in America, Germany, New York, and Israel, and they all watched it live. Wow, is that, that good? That's a good yeah, thing. About that, that, was, yeah. that, was really, that was really good. I mean, that was, that was fantastic because straight away we got sort of SMSs from everywhere. Oh, that, that was fantastic. And, you know, and, and, We've got a copy of it, but isn't it amazing? You can watch it live right around the world. Yeah, that's that, terrific. That is one of the innovations that happened during uh, the, the COVID, uh, and only being allowed yeah, to have yep. small numbers at, at funerals and things. That that, that was one thing the f- uh, the funeral uh, industry has done exceptionally well. So good on them for that. Yeah, yeah, it really is good. And it's the first time I've ever been sort of at a funeral and being told to look into the camera. The camera's oh, up there. Uh, yeah, it was very funny. Yes, <laughs> that is a bit. a bit of pancake on, so you look extra good. Yeah, well, that's right. I was going to say, I was, I was going to say, well, look, I'll just head off to the dressing room and <laughs> get the makeup artist in. I'll be right to go inside. And go. then if you can wait in the green room, someone will come and get you and take you down to the funeral. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> like, like a TV. Go have a couple of beers and some snacks in there, and uh, yeah. we'll, we'll call you out. So, so you can have a, you go to a funeral, but. 
you provide the rider before you get there. <laughs> yeah, and, and if you're going to film it, you're going to need a stylist and a couple of makeup ladies there. So you're going to drop, you know, really up to speed. But no, that sounds like it was good to find. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. It was good. It was, um, and we told some sort of uh, funny. There was a couple of speeches, and they were a bit heavy, to be honest. Yeah. So Andy and I recalled some funny stories, and good. I mean, just a lovely bloke. But before I met him, and I wish I would have met him because I really have a thing about this. For a short period, apparently he was in New York, went for a walk one day. I mean, um, Arnold was was bald, and he came back with a toupee. <laughs> and and nobody really had the heart to tell him that it was a terrible toupee. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and famously, he used to play tennis on a Saturday afternoon. Oh, no. When it was his turn to play, he used to take the toupee off. <laughs> <laughs> and one of his one of his best friends, they'd, they'd all just had enough of this bloody toupee. <laughs> yeah. And... During one of his sets of tennis, when one of the guys wasn't playing, they used to go over to a mate's place and play tennis. They took the toupee and hit it. Good move. <laughs> they didn't want him wearing it. They didn't want him wearing it anymore. <laughs> and uh, that was the afternoon he got the message that wearing the toupee wasn't any good. So I don't know whether they gave it back to him, but sort of he <laughs> said, oh, well, everybody hates it that much that they're going to hide it. I'm not going to wear it anymore. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Must have been a hell of a toupee. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, but let's face it. I've, I've worked with some blokes who wore toupees, and it, it's the Church of the Bleeding Obvious, some of them. Yeah. You just go, yeah. really? Well, anything, any, anything that you can go for a walk and come back with a fitted toupee <laughs> that same afternoon, <laughs> I'm thinking – I'm thinking it ain't that good. No, I would agree with you. Hey, I uh, want to uh, mention uh, some things that happened uh, this week. Uh, Got to mention Ash Barty. What a, I, I sat up and watched it. Uh, went to the third set. Uh, it was terrific. She's just uh, she is just a little uh, a little unit that uh, is absolutely sensational on the on the tennis court and uh, and carries herself and her family and uh, everything. Just uh, in this country, just beautifully. She's she's terrific. Well, apparently two million people watched it. Yeah. So, and it was on fairly late. So that's, you know, really good ratings. Everybody sort of got behind it. And what I noticed in the paper yesterday, you know, you go to the letters section and normally it's, you know, just complaining about COVID and Scott Morrison and Dan Andrews and stuff. But nearly every letter was about how proud people were of Ash Barty. Yep. And, you know, what a champion she is. And I thought that was really good because, you know, everybody seems to be normally focused on this horrible COVID and the what the government's doing and all that. And it was just all really positive stuff about our little champion, Ash Barbie. Yep. No, she's a beauty. She is a beauty. Had to laugh, though. I saw the uh, the honour roll uh, at Wimbledon where they have all the uh, all the names up of all the previous winners, you know, the, the Steffi Grafs of the world and the Martina Navratilovas. Still to, this, still to this day, can you believe it, that in 1980 and 1981 – um, Yvonne Gulagon-Corley is actually on the honour board at Wimbledon as Mrs R. Corley, because she was married to Roger Corley, of course, um, and uh, yeah. and Chris Everett-Lloyd is actually listed as the 1981 winner as Mrs J. M. Lloyd. So they have their kind That's of... That's a bit nice, silly. It's just, it's most bizarre. You go and look at the men's board and you don't see the 2002 winner, you know, Leighton Hewitt listed as Mr B. Cartwright, um, but the women are up there uh, under their kind of married husband's name, which I find unbelievable. 
how old school Wimbledon actually is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you should have the name that they played under written up there, not you, the. You would think so. Yeah, surprising all the all the winners before nineteen seventy five aren't you know Polly Goodwife or whatever they were called back <laughs> in the yeah. back in the Salem days. Were they all called Goodwife and Goodwit? Yep. yep. No, it's, a, it's an amazing throwback to uh, to to another time. But uh, well done, Dash Buddy. And there was another uh, little female champion that uh, that slayed him on the weekend too. It was Jamie Carr? What a what a effort that was to ride a hundred winners in a season uh, in Melbourne. No one's done it before. I think Brett Preble rode ninety nine and a half winners in a season at one stage, but uh, she smashed it. And I think she might have ridden three winners on the day on said day. But she's another yeah. uh, not another as, not star. as good, but not as good an effort as Brett Preble. To be fair, what was that? Oh, do you know how hard it is to ride half a horse to win a race at Flemington? <laughs> right. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah, so well done to Jamie <laughs> Carr. Um, Italy won the Euro 2020, beating England in a penalty shootout, which brings up that old age-old thing every time about penalty shootouts not being fair and all that sort of rubbish. Um Oh, those terrific uh, – the, that that sort of ending to a, a sporting event is, is – that's fabulous, I reckon. Yeah, I – I don't mind the penthouse, um, the penthouse. Yeah, I don't mind the penthouse. I don't mind the penalty <laughs> shootout. I mean, sorry, it's all right, especially if I'm watching it from the penthouse. Yes, correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I reckon it's a terrible way to finish a tournament. Do you? What would you I do? I don't mind it. I understand during a tournament that you need to keep the tournament going. Yep. And you have to have a penalty shootout. But this is a soccer, this is a sporting contest. It's not a it's not a, a shooting gallery game at a side show. So what would you Which do, Funny? Would you go for a full replay? No, no. No. Goal to goal. I wouldn't go for a full replay. I would say after extra time, there's another fifteen minutes each way to take two players off each team. So, oh yeah. Okay. I mean suggested that. You know, so you've got Eight players in the outfield and one goalkeeper. There'll be some goals then. Don't worry. Yeah, and is I don't it, mind the goal, the golden goal either. Yeah, you get yeah. players and somebody gets a goal. That's not bad. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, two good defensive teams that could take forever in here. But yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, and the reason I think it's like a side show, you know, when I was travelling in Europe with my mates. We actually drove from Istanbul to Gelibolu, which is Gallipoli. Oh. And the first night we arrived in Gelibolu, um, which is a seaside sort of resort, as you can imagine, knowing the history of Gallipoli. Yep. We went down from our hotel room, and there was like a, uh, as we have in Victoria, you know, down by the seaside during summer, um, there was a carnival. And one of the attractions at the carnival was this. It was just straight out of a movie. It was a sort of gruff guy. There was some soccer goals, and you basically took a penalty, and it cost you whatever in Turkish lira at the time, or Turkish pounds or whatever they were. <coughs> Let's say the equivalent of maybe $2 Australian. Mm. And you, you had three shots of gold, and if you got all three, you won a cart and a cigarette. Oh, ah. oh terrific. <laughs> and he had like a three or four young kids goalkeeping. It was very dusty. Anyway, I thought I'd have a go just for the fun. Uh-huh. And 
I got all three. Oh, wow. Ooh. And after after I got the third goal, as the kid was coming back, before he gave me the carton of cigarettes, he belted the kid over the head with the carton. <laughs> oh. For letting the goal in. <laughs> yep. <laughs> maybe they should introduce. Well. Maybe they should introduce that into penalty shootouts at um, major. Yeah, they should bring youth. that. They should bring that. When he was straight out of Central Casting, he was sort of big, overweight, with a cigarette in his mouth, counting the counting the banknotes as you're having the summit goal. Yeah, <laughs> and very upset when they let the goal through. <laughs> uh, fair <laughs> enough. I don't mind the drama of the penalty shootout. I know it's I know it's probably in many many ways an unfair because everyone's fatigued and you've been all that. But I just and I know the pressure on the goalkeeper is unbelievable. But uh, I, I, the drama of it is um, uh, I don't mind it if you and you've got to have a result. See, I think there's no pressure on the goalkeeper. Really? Because well, they're expected to score. So. If he makes the save, he's a hero. But if the goal goes in, that's really what's expected. The pressure's on each of the people kicking the ball. Yeah, but I think the goalkeepers think they should save them too. They probably think they should. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Really, they've just got to pick left or right and have a guess. Yeah. I mean, they're looking pretty good after 57 seconds, England. Yes, they were. Yeah, they were. Very the quickest goal in Euro history, I think it was. Uh, so there, yeah. that that uh, I think that wraps up all the uh, all the. Oh, we, yeah, we mentioned Wimbledon. Oh, we didn't mention Novak Djokovic, but oh, I mean, how many times can you talk about um, him, him winning a major tennis tournament? Um, yeah, sort of goes without saying. He always wins. Uh, yeah. And the T Twenty uh, games that have been played in the West Indies at the moment, geez, the Aussies have been very poor. Oh, yeah. terrible. Six for six Terrible. for twenty or something. They lost in the first game. Uh, they were cruising to victory, and then they then they went belly up, and they never even looked like it in the second game after the Windies. Oh, that second game! How badly did they field? Yeah, I didn't see their I didn't see their fielding. I saw their batting, and that was pretty Terrible. poor. Yeah, uh, not good. So uh, I mean, yeah, under a bit of pressure. Miss Market three, really. Well, he scored two really? fifties. He scored two fifties in the two games. So he but, did. But, but is he a number three? Oh, I wouldn't have thought so. And I can't work out why Dan Christian is is sort of at number eight or whatever it is. He should be much higher up the batting list than that. He's a he's a match winner. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, on that one, that's yeah. a real yeah, no. Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, let's get to our chart attack, boys. It's uh, the twentieth of November. Oh, just, 19th. A, just a moment. Yeah, just a moment. Yeah, yes. we do we do have a what's our condolence section? Oh, yes. I have got yeah, a couple. Uh, I've got a couple written down here. That I was going to bring up at some stage, but go on. Oh, oh no! I'll leave it to you. No, I'll no, no! Do it! No, do it! Well, it's very sad to see Jonathan Coleman pass away. He was the one yeah. that's on my list. Yeah, yeah, he's a good bloke. Very funny. Yeah, yeah, always very friendly. Very friendly. Absolutely, didn't take life too seriously. Good bloke. Well, sad to see that. You know, nowadays everybody's got to be six foot two and. You know, teeth, teeth out of the American good teeth book. Everybody's got to be oh, super looking and real good space for TV. But I don't know if Jonathan Coleman would have would have made it today. But he absolutely was a always seemed like a happy go lucky bouncy type. Yep. yep. Yeah, he was. He's a really good bloke, and yeah. um, you know, not a lot of blokes get prostate. I think one in four blokes get prostate cancer. And generally these days, it, you know, you've got pretty good 
chances of beating it. So it was just very unlucky for him, I think, that he um, didn't beat it. And very sad. Yep. 65 years uh, of age and, uh, yeah, he carved out a, a really good career. He was incredibly successful in England. He was massive in English radio. Yeah. Um, his, Virgin, yeah, yeah. his Virgin Radio show over there was was bigger than anything he ever was here uh, and came back because he wanted his kids to grow up in Australia, uh, finished their kind of growing up years in Australia. So uh, to his family and to his friends, and uh, look, the media, people in the media loved him because he was he was, he was uh, just Instantly likable and uh, and came up and said, "Get out! How you going?" And and just you know was always happy. So uh, yeah, he is a, a, a yeah. very big loss. Very big yeah. loss. Thank you for bringing that up, uh, Fonny. I was. Yeah, sorry. No, 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 no. We should uh, should have should should mention. Hey, do either of you? Uh, I just saw this one just as I was uh, sort of walking into the studio. Mister Wonderful, Paul Orndorff, the uh, the wrestler. I see that he's just died. Oh, that's a pity. Well. I remember him. Yeah, I, I remember him. I, I sort of remember him more in a, a couple of movies or something that he might have starred in, rather, because I was no big major wrestling fan, but just caught my eye as I was walking in that uh, that he passed away. Hmm. Yeah, I like, I like my wrestling. Do you? He was, he was uh, I think he was an adversary of, uh, what's his name, Roddy Piper? Oh, yeah, Roddy Piper, yeah. Yeah, I think he was an adversary of him and uh, and sort of the that that era of wrestlers that came through. Yeah, yeah, it was just you know I was brought up on World Championship wrestling, and he was part of the first era of that WWE coming out of America rather than the Australian version. Yep. And I can't remember whether it was Mister Wonderful. Might have been Mister Wonderful. He used to come into the ring. After he beat you, he'd produce a pair of scissors and give you a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Was he sort of around the, with the Ric Flairs of the world and those, or was he before them? No, no, he was – that's right. It was the re, reincarnation of wrestling. That so was Hulk Hogan. There was – Oh, okay, yep. Um, Macho Man, Randy Savage, Abdullah um, Butcher. There, uh, well, Abdullah the Butcher used to come to Australia, so – he was more the time of the Iron Shake, if you remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. the Iron Shake, yes. They were a tag team, I think, for a while. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I remember Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff. He might have been in that movie, The Man in the Moon, you know, about... Um, Andy Kaufman. That's right, because yeah. he had an involvement with wrestling and with Roddy Piper, and I think Paul Orndorff might have been part of that. Too. Maybe that's where I know him from, is that is that uh, all that, that side of it? Because I... Do, I, I wasn't I knew he was a wrestler, but when I saw his face on uh, on the, the social media, just when I was coming in, I thought I know his face. What do I know? And that's yeah. I'm not a big wrestling fan at all. I, you know what? I, I think it's fake. No. <laughs> yeah, I do. Right, the next thing you be telling me Santa doesn't exist. Well, Brian, mm-hmm. uh, he does. Oh, no. yeah, but good, good, Mrs. Mrs. I had a, a good mate of mine who used to love watching the wrestling and people used to say, come on, you're an adult. Don't you know it's fake? Yeah. yeah. And he'd say to them, because he'd say to these people who were faithful watchers of LA Law or whatever, and say, oh, is LA Law real? It's <laughs> <laughs> actually a very good point. <laughs> mind you, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind Annie Becker representing me in court if I was, you know, if I fell on hard times in the criminal world. I- yeah, well, Grace Owen, I think they'd be they'd be good uh, good to have in your your corner. Now, let's get to our chart. Uh, right. 20th of November, 1981, 
Uh, the 3XY Music Survey is the one we've uh, chosen. The number one album was Tattoo You by the Rolling Stones. The number one single was Physical by the delightful Olivia Newton-John. So your quest was to pick the best three and worst three out of uh, out of the chart and uh, I got immediately I sent it to you. Brian, you sent me back a text saying, good chart. Yeah, it's not as good as I thought. <laughs> I, I thought, it's okay. It's not bad. It's better than last week's one. Oh, last week's one was abysmal. <laughs> Finally, can you, yeah, repeat, you can you repeat what you, you put in the text message to me last night when I said that uh, 1981 is better than 1985? I said 1985, 1939 was better than 1985. <laughs> that's, the year, that's the year Hitler invaded Poland. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. No, last week's was abysmal. Terrible. Oh, oh shocking. Yeah, Shocking chart. Um, all right, uh, Fanny, kick us off. Uh, May you... I say, just I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't on last week. Mm-hmm. It was a terrible chart, but it had a re- one really good song on it. I reckon. And I'm interested to know if any of you or Ken had it in the top three. Right, what, what is was it? it? The song by Five Young Cannibal. No, is it? You drive nah. me crazy? No, no, no. Um, oh, oh. Uh, I, I really like that song. Um, I haven't got that chart in my so much, You know, Johnny, <laughs> won't you come on home? Oh, Johnny, come uh, yeah. home, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, none yeah. of us had that one. No, none of us picked that. Yeah, I liked it. Anyhow, yeah. but thanks. This, this week's much better. All right. What, what, All right. Give us your number three, good and bad, Finey. Okay. My number three. You know what? I actually found it hard to find three really bad ones. I found one absolutely terrible one. So my number three bad, only because I, I just hated this bloke. He was overplayed, and this is just a damn stupid song. I had Green Door by Shaking Stevens. Our mate, Shaky, we're very personal friends with Shaky. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Yeah, I, was talk, I was talking to him during the week. He wants to come over and have a picnic. Yes. Brian yeah. was Brian was buddying up with Shaky during the Life of Brian podcast. They so were going to do a duet when Shaky comes out to tour. Yeah. Shaky well, go for it. All right. <laughs> so that's my number three bad one. I was shaking bait. Yep. Um, my number three good one is, okay, I really like this band and I didn't like it. You know what I found interesting about this chart? There were a lot of um, hits by well-known bands, but they weren't their prominent hits. So, yeah. so I found that quite interesting. Um, I, I loved them both, and I didn't like Rip It, but I actually liked their songs that had a bit of a message to it. And if you watch the film clip or listen to Beautiful World, really good film clip, great film clip. So I've got Beautiful World at number three. Okay. Um, okay. You didn't like Whip It? No, it's overplayed, etc. Yeah, uh, yeah, fair enough. But if you look at Beautiful World, you know, the film clip starts with all these supposedly cute, cute um, little film clips because they're all little film clips. And then it ends up with some really, you know, the Ku Klux Klan and, you know, and the song sort of ends up, it's a beautiful world for you, but not me. Yeah. So. Bit of a message there. So I like I like these over. I like freedom of choice in beautiful world. So that's at number three. All right. All right. Mr. Mannix, your number three in the good and bad uh, stakes. Well, in the good, mm-hmm. I kind of like this song. It's a bit weird, but um, Johnny Warman, oh. Screaming Jets at number 39. 
Yeah. Not a fan, Kev. Well, you'll know, you'll find out why soon. <laughs> I don't, fair enough. No, I kind of like that. And I think it's really kind of cool because he calls out the chords to the song as he's singing it. Yes, he does. Gee. B-flat or whatever he says. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't mind that. I thought it was, um, it was a bit different to what everybody else is doing. Oh, so that's certainly it. that. And this other one, my worst one, well, mm. it's not really that bad a song. Uh-huh. But lyrically, I think we should have had a very good look at this because I what what comes to your mind when you see Marsha Hines singing, Stop your love still brings me <laughs> to my knees. Oh, and that can only mean one thing. Yeah. And quite frankly, it's disgusting. Yeah. It should be on the bloody radio. Yeah. Mm. yeah your love still brings me to my knees. Oh, as soon as I saw this chart, it, like, dog, you like <laughs> dogs, you know what, was sticking out to me, uh, number 38, I went, oh, I'm leaving that alone because Mannix will either, I'm sure Mannix will have it at number one. <laughs> I, yeah, and and yeah. I, I underestimated you, Brian. You had it at number three. I apologise. Yeah, well, well <laughs> I just knew, I'm trying to think who it was. Um, I got a feeling it was, I can't remember which Australian rock star we spoke to on Life of Brian that you bought that song up with him. Um Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was Leo Sayer. Oh, was it Leo? That, oh, that's right, because he, yeah. was do, he was doing duets with uh, Marsha on the Apia tour. And I was telling him to find out what the song was about. Yeah, that's right. You did too. Um, yeah. Right. Now, my, in my bad number three is Screaming Jets by Johnny Warman. Um, it, it includes some chanting in there from Peter Gabriel, uh, who's in it. Um, I just reckon he sounds like a bad David Bowie tribute singer. You know how you know how Bowie. There was a couple of songs where Bowie talked. Uh, yeah, uh, that's what that's what this Johnny Warman song always sounded to me like. It would sound like someone trying to do David Bowie um, and just not not pulling it off, and just um, it was almost like uh, you know hit record one hundred and one, B flat, uh-huh. C major, dum dum dum. It was yeah, yeah really strange strange song. Um, did get a lot of airplay, but yeah, that's my number three in the uh, in the bad, in the good number threes. And I'm happy to say all my goods are all Australian songs, and I had to leave two. I had to leave two really good ones out. Uh, but my number three because I just love this band and I really like this song. And uh, I thought Wayne sang it really well. It's the Night Owls by LRB. Oh, I can't remember how the Night Owls go. Oh, it's a good song. It's it's one that uh, Wayne shares the vocal with Glenn. Um, Wayne Nelson, okay. and, uh, yeah, it's uh-huh. a good, no, really good song. Um, I like that one a lot. <laughs> number two, Mr. Fine, what have we got? All right, I'll start off with number two, Bad. Mm-hmm. And I felt a bit bad when I looked up about the person who sung this song. But anyhow, I'm going to stick with it. It, it was actually at number three in the Aussie cast. Precious to Me by Phil Seymour. Yes. Um, called Power Pop. See more, hear less of that sort of American crap. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Phil Seymour was interesting. He was a drummer in some bands. And sadly, he died very young. He was on tour with another band and felt some lumps on his neck and he had lymphoma and he died at the age of 41. So, oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, this song, Precious to Me, one of those songs that was uh, hit in Australia but nowhere else. Yeah. Um, 
just for me some nondescript sort of song. I remembered it a bit, but I never liked it then, and I don't like it now. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, very no, yeah, nondescript is a great description of that of that uh, song. Fits that perfectly. Yeah. Number two mm-hmm. in the good. Mm-hmm. I wanted one song that really was eighty. So if you were having an eighties party, I wanted yeah. a song that really summed up the eighties to me. Wow. Now I know this wouldn't work on you, Kevin, and you, Brian, because you're in the music industry. But I found a song that I reckon if you played it at a party, everybody would be singing the chorus or they'd know the song. And I don't reckon too many people would know the name of the song or the band that sung it. And it's the breakup song by the Greg Kinsey. Oh, yes. Yes. I like that song. Yeah. And a lot, you know, look, I was 16 at the time. So, you know, it's sung to my sensibilities. It starts, um, we broke up for good just an hour ago. You know, they don't write them like that anymore. It, it's a pretty simple song, but it's very 80s, and I think people would like it in an 80s party. Yep, I agree. Totally agree. It, 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 it epitomises the 80s. Absolutely. Yeah. Right, O'Brien, what do you got, number two, uh, good and bad? Okay. Um, the bad, mm-hmm. I'm going to go for number five, the police. Every little thing she does is magic. Mm-hmm. I have an aversion to any song that uses the word magic or fantasy in it. So I can't stand those words. And I'm not a real big police fan. Um, and this song, I know it was a big hit, but it just does nothing for me. Um, so that's in it's my second worst. Yep. And my second best is going to be uh, our old mate Billy Fields. If you weren't in love with me, I think that's a beautiful song. Yeah, yeah that's a good choice. Good choice. Because yeah. that's my number two as well. All right. Oh, I love Billy Field. I love that song. Uh, my wife sings a karaoke version of Bad Habits really badly. Um, <laughs> but I always I always liked that song of Billy's. I thought that was a terrific song. I, I'm with you. That's yeah. my number two as well. Yeah. I thought it was yeah, really beauty. I thought he sang it really well too. Sings with heart and and yeah. passion and sincerity. Yep. Yeah, I, I believe him when he's telling the story. I believe the story. Yep. And you know what I love about the film clip of that? I can't remember uh, the no. film clip. Well, there is, uh, there's probably an official film clip, but if you go to YouTube, they've got the countdown clip. Oh, right. Uh-huh. And he sings it at a white piano, and I forgot about this, but countdown puts the word countdown on their piano. Um, yes. <laughs> Uh, God, that was pathetic. That <laughs> piano is actually in it. The ABC. You can actually walk past it. They're using it as a, um, you know, like the decoration in the hall. Is that right? The countdown piano. The countdown piano. Yes. Has it got the countdown logo the actually on the piano? Or is that a superimposed yeah. thing? Oh, okay. We're not in. We're not in specs. We had to go up some hallway to get somewhere, and um, there was the countdown piano. And ah, oh, the countdown piano. Oh, wow. There, there you go. go. Still losing existence. There you go. And still can't play. Was was Billy behind it? Built that you weren't in love with me? No, he was in the bar having a beer. <laughs> As he would be. As he would yeah. be. Uh, my number two, you're not going to like this, Brian, because I know you like this bloke, but I reckon this was just an awful song. Uh, Rod, Rod Stewart, Tonight I'm Yours. Not one of his finer moments as far as I was concerned. I'm a massive Rod Stewart fan. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's not one of his best ones. I like I like the earlier stuff, like the the Maggie May. Every picture tells a story stuff, and uh, I liked a lot of the faces stuff. But some of the um, when he when he became Hollywooded, um, yeah, it lost me a little, and that was one of them. It's a little, yeah, a little sucky for me. Uh, number mm. one, good and bad from Mark Fine. All righty. Oh, here we go. Well, I'm going to go with number one bad to start off with. Yeah. This is an atrocious song by any standard. Jeez. <laughs> oh, it has you reaching for the Mortine Surface Spray, the Rid Ant, or in my case, or in my case, a magnifying glass so I can burn the ants painfully. Oh, <laughs> I know what I know where you yes. go. Yes. That rubbish, Prince Charming, is honestly <laughs> one of the worst songs. It starts um, something about. Um, First of all, it starts with a bit of regurgitating and then just breaks into some guy's adamant playing a harp. And the opening line of the song is I can't even remember it, something about being a dandy, so I'm good looking. And it never leaves that opening line, it never goes to a chorus. It just repeats over and over and over. It's absolutely nauseating. Yep. Yes, it is. Not do, no disagreement from either of us on that one. No, no. I can't understand that man's music, and I it's, I don't know why it was successful. Now, speaking of that, didn't you sing Ant Music at one of these three XY chart things that they do in the city? Yes, I did. Um, I think we're doing another one, but I'll swap the Ant Music. I got. Um, Love to have a beer with Duncan instead oh, because good. I, li- I like that better than that, man. <laughs> yeah. oh, fair enough. All right, Fanny, what's your number one in the good side? All right, so this is a great Australian band. This is one of my favourite songs of theirs, but it's absolutely, it almost made me sad um, mm. because, it's, you know, this came out when I was 16 and, I don't know, it's a young, young, young man, girlfriend, summer. Oh. Happy days. Yeah. Stay young, by any chance. I really like it. Yeah, good song. It's, it's not super complex, but, you know, sweat upon the brow, that's what I want. <coughs> I, just, I just loved it. And it was back when they were a WA band, filmed on the beach with a lot of kids. Uh, those were my songs. Richard Clapton produced that one, Brian? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, I think he did. The early stuff, I think he did. I, yeah, I like the early In Excess stuff. It just missed... Getting in for me. That's one of the two songs I left out that couldn't quite make any. That's a really good choice, Fanny. Good song. Really good song. Right, Brian. Number one. Okay. The number one. Um, okay. I was going to go for um, Prince Charming by Adam and the Ants as well because I think that is a disgrace, that song. <laughs> but instead, oh, this song this song annoys the shit out of me. Right. And it's, um, it is uh, number 20. No, it's oh, – where is it? It's, yeah, there it is, number 15. 15. Virgin oh. by Foreigner. Okay. I thought they were saying, Virgin, Virgin, Virgin. <laughs> so what would, be the like word, what would be the word that would come after that if they were singing Virgin, Virgin? It wouldn't be emergency. What would be the next line of the, the song, Brian? You, virgin, Virgin, you ought to be. Oh, okay. Yeah, that works. You ought to be a virgin. Maybe that would work. That song, Urgent Emergency, always reminded me of standing waiting for the toilet on an aeroplane. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
I can see. Okay. Now, the number my one number in the good. One, good. My number one in the good. Mm-hmm. And this is probably one of my favourite songs by this band. Oh. And I speak of number 13, Love in Motion by Ice House. That's the second week in a row that you've included Ice House, I reckon. I don't mind Ice House. Yeah. I didn't realise you were that big a fan of Ice House. Um, I really like that Flowers album. Yeah. The first one. And, yeah, no, you don't, I, I hate Electric Blue. I think that's terrible. But um, but uh, I think Love in Motion was really, really cool, and I like it a lot. Yeah, nice. Good mood. Had a really good mood, Love in Motion. Yeah, yeah. Sort of. He's been smoking a bit of weed when he wrote that one. Is that right? Well, he might have. <laughs> he might have. Uh, mine of one of the good is, uh, what number is it on the chart here? It was quite high, I think. Number six, Boys in Town by the Divinals. Just oh, loved yeah. it. Just loved it. Just thought it was great. Loved the, loved the you know, the guitar playing in it was terrific. She's just, she's dynamite in it. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm not her biggest fan personally, um, God rest her soul. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the really, really good song, I reckon, Boys in Town. Love that one. And my number one in the yep. bad. Well, yep. let me let me put it to you this way. Right. Bill was a rich rock star, but not many knew his face. See, Bill was in the Rolling Stones, but he only played the bass. Bill was <laughs> craving his own hits and his place on centre stage because Bill was keen on girls barely half his age. So, <laughs> so Billy's little rhyming tunes both became chart toppers. And the 50-plus bass guitar geezer was the darling of the boppers. The fame, oh. the fortune for Bill was very handy. It landed him a cute little 13-year-old called Mandy. Uh, so yeah. my uh, my number one in the bad is Je suis und rockstar by Bill Wyman, the number 11 song that week. Yeah. I kind of like it. It's so sort of stupid, but, yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, That's very good. I couldn't. I couldn't cop it. I just. I think we had comeback Suzanne. Was that before Je Suis? But they were within sort of cooey of each other, and they both just sounded like um, the boys from Minder taking the piss out of someone and putting music to it. Uh, For me, oh well, it does remind me. I do have an apology. I did leave one out. Which one? What was that? Um, Johnny Johnny Farnham. That's no way to love someone. Yeah, not bad song that. That is terrible. <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, you wouldn't that. I didn't, I didn't mind that. I, my apology was too many times by the mentals. That's a good song. I'm apologising for didn't put that in the world. <laughs> okay. That, that, that was overproduced, sounded like, sounded like an ad, and just like Pete Charming never got to the chorus, this thing was all chorus. I listened to it and I thought, I've missed the first two minutes. Why is he singing so upbeat, fast and... Helium filled from the beginning. Is this Farnham we're talking about? Yeah. 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 No, fair enough. That was pretty. Now, the top 10. So, the top 10, if you're looking, if you're playing at home, 20th of November 1981, the top 10 was uh, uh, Never So Live, the EP by the Angels. Number nine was Prince Charming by Adam and the Ants. (laughs) Number eight was Endless Love by Dinah Ross and Lionel Richie. Yeah. Number seven was Errol by Australian Crawl. Five, five was Boys in Town by uh, – sorry, six was Boys in Town by the Divinals. Five was Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic by the Police. Number yeah. four was Billy Squires, The Stroke. Stroke off. <laughs> number th- number three was Precious to Me by Phil Seymour. Two was Start Me Up by the Stones. And number one was Physical by 
uh, Olivia Newton-John. And the top ten albums, uh, let's have a look. Bella Donna by Stevie Nicks was number ten. Oh, Brian. Uh, number nine was probably, probably comes with a gram of cocaine in the sleeve. <laughs> yes, number nine was underneath <laughs> the colours by In Excess. Eight was Cats and Dogs Metals. Seven was Bad Habits by Billy Fields. Six was New Traditionalists by Devo. Five was Queen's Greatest Hits. Four was Sirocco. Three was Physical. Two was Ghost of the Machine, and one was uh, Tattoo You by the Rolling Stones. Geez, that's a good top ten. Good for yeah, Australian music in there. Well, we like Australian music then. We, we do. Just, well, the, the, Aussies, know, the Aussies we haven't mentioned that were in that top 40 chart included, um, well, you mentioned Marsha. Uh, Minute Works Down Under was in that chart. Normie Row had Maybe Tomorrow, which I don't remember at all. Swanee's If I Was a Carpenter was in there. Sharon O'Neill had Maybe. Uh, let me see. The Uncanny Expert. No, no Uncanny Expert. Uh, no, no. Uh, in excess, Peter Couples was there. Yeah, Peter Couples. Peter uh, Couples band. was there. Yeah, Fear of Thunder. Uh, what else? Juice Newton was an Australian. Uh, did, did, did Ice House, Little River Band. Yeah, we got all the, mentioned all the others. So it was a good good time for Australian music. Nineteen eighty one. I feel sorry for Sharon O'Neill. Why do you feel that? sorry for Sharon O'Neill? Because I reckon she had a, a really good voice. Yeah. Didn't somebody say you can't? Become a rock star with the name Shazer O'Neill. Shazer. Sharon O'Neill. Wasn't that the girl next door's name in 1981? It was, wasn't it? She wasn't the girl next door, though. No. She was was pretty raunchy, Sharon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Sharon O'Neill. She ended up having a big fight with her record company. And then she wasn't allowed to record, I think. That's right. And, um, yeah, it sort of ended her career a bit prematurely because of, of Blue with the record company. Yeah. Now, didn't she – she married a musician, didn't she? Alan Mansfield. That's right. Correct. Who, uh, From Status Quo. He used Quo. to play with Robert Palmer and he was in Dragon. No. Uh, he's a keyboard player. He used to play for Robert Palmer. Oh, that's right. Sorry, he produced, yes. He produced a couple of tracks on uh, Cosby Earth Hour album. Oh, okay. And he was in – and he was in – and he produced, I think um, – Rain and Baby Don't Speak No Evil for Dragon because he was playing in Dragon That's for right, a while there. Too. Yeah, he was too. Yeah. Good, music, go. good musical history there from you, uh, Glenn A. Mannix. Thank you very kindly. <laughs> <laughs> Molly Mannix will call you in future. All right. All right. Tell you what. Mm. Oh, you go. No, go on. I was just going to say, if you've got nothing to do, get on YouTube and dial in Donald Trump, the snake. And he does this poem, which is an old Al Wilson song, and he uses it to describe the border. But it's it's just it's like Donald Trump does play school. It's fantastically funny. Okay, well, check the snake by Donald Trump. Right. Yep. Thank you. Okay. Anything you want we to play it on the show? We should play it on the show one day, Kev. All right, I'll, I'll... The snake with. Donald Trump and the snake. Right at the outro there, you just piss yourself laughing at how stupid this is. All right, we'll try and drag it out, and uh, if we can't fit it in this one, we'll put it in uh, put it in the one after. I'll have a listen to it. Now, yeah, okay. footy tips from last week. Um, oh, jeez, I'm telling you, it was uh, it was Desolation Boulevard uh, down the footy trips, uh, Melways. Not good. It was a week of upsets. Oh, good. Could, can you think of a, a week with more upsets, Finey? It was unbelievable, wasn't it? I mean, last night, Monday night, oh. that, that took that that took the case, didn't it? Well, whatever the expression is. 
I uh, I wasn't going to watch that, and then I turned it on um, at the start of the last quarter and saw the score and went, "What? They're winning!" And then watched them literally, you know, uh, bring home the bacon. The um, the North Melbourne boys, much to everyone's everyone's surprise. Um, yeah, Richmond getting beaten yeah. by Collingwood. There's everything. The whole round was just uh, Gold Coast oh. beating Brisbane. Or they who the Gold Coast beat. Uh, they, didn't they beat the Gold Coast by a point yeah. at Ballarat? Yeah. Wow. And killed the beat Brisbane? Much yeah, to everyone's be... surprise, finally, including yours, I would have thought. Yeah, great. We've played well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, at, a heavy, at a heavy cost for Brisbane, losing Hipwood is a bit, massive blow for them, I reckon. Massive blow. Yeah. So the yeah. wash-up of last week is, Brian, you troubled the scorers for a two. Ouch. I, I troubled the scorers for a three and, and, and finally got a four, which is uh, in last week's, that's, <laughs> that's like a, a 99% in your maths exam, getting four, I reckon. So uh, yeah. you, you and I are even at the top of the ladder on 90 and then Brian's on 76 as we head to round 18. Can you believe? Okay. All right, here we go. So game one is uh, Thursday night. It's Fremantle and Geelong at Optus Stadium in Perth. Mr. Mannix, you are tipping. Um, I'm going for Geelong. Geelong. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Fine. I'm going for Fremantle. Okay. Mm. Can I ask why? Well, they were pretty good last week and, yeah, I think they're hard to beat in Perth. Okay, I'm going for Geelong. Right. I just think they'll uh, they'll turn up and uh, and play it all right. Richmond take on the Lions uh, Friday night at the MCG. Gee whiz, haven't uh, Richmond uh, fallen on hard times? Are you tipping them, Brian? At the MCG, um, no, yep. I'm going to go for the Brisbane Lions. Okay, Mister Fine. Uh, probably stupid, anyway. Yeah, I'm going for the Lions. Well, strangely enough, so am I. I think Richmond is shot. I think they're gone. Just, they went crap really quickly, didn't they? They were. Yeah, they've got a lot of players out. They've got a lot out. Yeah, that's uh, what I, that's why I think they're shot. I don't think they've got anyone who can spark them now. I think they're uh, and I, Dusty looks Dusty looks uh, weary. Cochin looks weary. Um, Edwards isn't playing. Uh, you know, all their spark plugs are uh, in at the shop at the moment. I think they're in a bit of trouble. Wow. Now, Mars, yeah, I, they might. They might not even make the finals. Mm, I still got them in the final. I've still got them in the eight. Have you, Fanny? Um, no, I don't. Oh, okay. Uh, Giants are playing Sydney in Ballarat on Saturday afternoon. Oh, that'll be lovely. That'll be about plus two degrees. They'll both love that. Uh, don't know where they're flying the umpires in from, Brian, for this uh, traditional mm. clash between the two Sydney teams. But uh, what are you thinking? Um, well. For me, as an Essendon fan, I need them both to lose. Right. Um, How do we do that? um, I don't know. Um, Well, I'll go for GWS. GWS. Mr. Fine? I think Sydney will win that. They're going pretty well. They are. Play well against the Doggies. Uh, Too good for the Dogs. I'm tipping them to beat uh, the Giants. I think the Giants are in a bit of trouble too. Gold Coast Suns, the Giant Killers, will take on the Western Bulldogs up at Metricon Stadium on the Gold Coast on Saturday afternoon. Obviously, I'm tipping the Doggies. Uh, Finey? Yeah, the Doggies will bounce back. No problems about that. Right. And uh, Mr Mannix? uh, I am in agreement. 
they're playing up at your new, you know, soon to be home, the Gold Coast. That's it. That's it. Actually, I should go. No, I'll, I'll go for the dog. Are you yeah. going to change teams if you move to the Gold? If you move to the Gold Coast, are you going to change teams? Start barracking for the Sun? No, no. I'll, <laughs> like, I'll, I'll have a special spot for the Sun. Oh, you no, will, be, will you? Well, yeah, it's the local team. Um, Fair enough. Depends if I end up in Brisbane or Gold Coast, but I think I'd be more of a Gold Coast man. Hmm. Um, you think you yeah. moved for the Gold Coast, Brian? Yeah, I've um, I've had enough in Melbourne. It's too cold. It's too much traffic. Um, too much Dan Andrews, and yeah, I think there's more opportunities for me in Queensland than there are here. Yeah, I've been wanting to do it since the 1980s, and um, now seems like the time. I'm on the last lap. So may as well enjoy life while I've still got some. So it's only taken you forty years to make a sea change. That's about right, Kev. That's exactly right. <laughs> so if you move to the Gold Coast, which spiky gang are you going to join? <laughs> uh, I'm going to um, I'm going to start my own bike yeah, gang. Exactly. Yeah, all the shitheads. <laughs> <laughs> no shortage of them on the Gold Coast, Brian, let me tell you. Uh, okay. Prospective members, you'll have them coming out your backside. Um, Melbourne and Hawthorne at the G, Saturday afternoon. Uh, Hawthorne aren't looking terribly good. Uh, obviously, all sorts of things going on off the field too. So I think a, a betting man would go for Melbourne, Mr Mannix and Mr Fun. Do you concur? Hawthorne is shot. Yep. Or six. Yeah. Is there a way you want to look at yeah. Melbourne? Yeah. Mind. Yep, Melbourne, Melbourne, Brian. I'm, I want to know. See, I'm not going to catch up if I just go the same as you guys go. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep the same distance. But yeah. Hawthorne are shot. Yep. Um, so no, I'll, I won't go a different on this one. I'll go for um, who that one? Uh, Melbourne. Melbourne. Yeah, well, that's yeah, Melbourne. Right now, here's one where you can go different to uh, to what. Maybe finally and I are thinking because it's St Kilda and Port Adelaide at Marvel Stadium on Saturday night. Uh, I'm actually going to go for Port Adelaide. Oh, I don't know why. Sorry, Finey. Mm. Are you going for your, right, your, your Saints? I'm going for St Kilda. Yep. Brian? Yeah, I'm going to go for St Kilda too. I think Adelaide, Port Adelaide has sort of peaked and they're not going too well. Okay. All right. My rationale there is I, I think Port Adelaide are a good side. I think they're a better side than St Kilda on their, on their day, so we'll see what happens. The giant-killing North Melbourne team take on the Bombers at Marvel Stadium Sunday afternoon at one ten. Hey, Brian, danger game. I know it's a danger game. It's just <laughs> great that they, they get a win. They'll come into the game with a lot of confidence, but they don't have two-metre Peter. They don't have Archie Perkins. They don't have Tiffy Cox. So, um, Bombers will come good. Oh, okay. So, you tip, I was going to, you're going to go through all that and then tip North Melbourne. What do you think, Fine? No. Can North, can North get on a bit of a roll here? They could, but I respect this. And then I think they've been great this year. I'm going for the Bombers. Yep. Me too. Me too. I think, uh, unfortunately, the North Melbourne bubble will burst. Uh, Collingwood play Carlton, MCG, Saturday afternoon at uh, 3.20. They'll all be wrapped with that time slot. Uh, The Pies came back last week. Carlton looked better than they have for a while. Finey? Look, it used to be my favourite game of the year, Carlton Collingwood. Yeah, what's that? Oh, because I could walk around town, leave my car unlocked, not worry about <laughs> running into dickheads. <laughs> They're all a BMCG. <laughs> um, 
Uh, it's like it's, it's like choosing between getting kicked in the balls or getting kicked <laughs> in the eyes. <laughs> well, I'll go for what are you going for? Balls or stick? <laughs> uh, kick, kick me in the balls. I'll go for Collingwood. Collingwood. <laughs> what about you, Brian? Are you going for the eye torture or the uh, the scrotum torture? Which one would you prefer? Um, I'm going to go for the scrotum torture because Carlton last week didn't they kick up like about 17 points or something? Yeah, and well, one one goal eight or something after the first quarter or something. Yeah, they weren't terrific. So they can't kick for shit. So. And now go to the pies, Robert Harvey. He's sort of got doing something there. So right. Go to the pies. Yep, I'm with you. I'm uh, on the pies with that one too. Adelaide Crows and West Coast Eagles finished the round off uh, at Adelaide Oval on Sunday afternoon at four forty. They deserved that time slot. Uh, what a couple <laughs> of insipid bloody teams these two have been in the last uh, sort of few weeks. The Eagles couldn't be more more um, disinterested in life in general, could they? I haven't seen them play. Oh, they were woeful, woeful when they played at uh, at GMHBA Stadium a couple of weeks back, and they weren't terribly good last night. I'm going to oh, tip a draw. Jeez, um, I don't know. I just I'll go Adelaide because it's in Adelaide. Finding what a terrible choice this is. Yeah, it is, <laughs> isn't it? It's bloody horrible. I'll go halfway between the two, the Fajuna Roadhouse. It <laughs> seems fair. Uh, I'll go West Coast. West Coast. Brian, here's your chance to pick one up on us. Well, no, not really. Pick, um, pick one up on one of us. Uh, I'll go Adelaide. I reckon that might be the hardest game of the year to pick so far. Yep, well, yeah, it's very hard. That's just you. Uh, finally, is there such a thing as a form guide for any team at the moment? Because just when you get convinced that a side is the real deal, they go belly up on you. Probably Sydney. Yeah. 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 Very safe aren't they? Yeah. Pretty hard at it. Pretty honest. Yeah. Both Sydney and Sydney's your current, your current honest bet. That yeah. would be the only one I'd trust at the moment. Yeah. So they'll lose this week, of course. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Uh, gents, that's brought us to the end of another edition of uh, the Rock and Roll podcast. Been wonderful, as always, to catch up with you. Uh, good to see your smiling face. Good to see you employed again, Mr Mannix, at least last week. Maybe not next week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Um, and we'll, we'll hear plenty of you and see plenty of you on the Footyology podcast and uh, all that stuff, uh, finally. So have a wonderful week until we meet again. Thank you. Lovely to, lovely to work with a couple of charming princes like you too. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, all good. Thanks, boys. See you. See you. Bye. Bye-bye. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. 